You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Okay, I am. We're going to get started with the taping in just a sec. Okay, awesome. Where do I sit? Shh. Do you hear that? Hear what? There it is. I don't hear anything. Oh, wait. I hear it now. It's weird. Like, one second it's there, and then it's not. Okay, we got to figure this out before we start taping. Manika! Yeah, Molly? Do you hear that noise? Uh, no. It sounds a little bit like this. Buzz. Actually, I I think it's like a little higher pitch, like this, like... Molly? I respectfully disagree. It's definitely like a... No, no, it's like this, Manika. Trust me. Hmm. Manika, my younger ears are far more sensitive. It's like this. No, no, it's like this. No, no, it's like this. It seems like you guys have to work this out. I'll leave this to you all and uh, see myself out. Wait, I heard it. Oh, me too. I, it's, I think it's over there. Wait, I think it's, it's underneath. It's underneath your chair? Have a good taping. Bye. Oh, wait. Underneath my chair. Is it under yours? Oh, wait, no, I think it's up by the ceiling. What? It's coming from like, the corner of the room. Oh, yeah, wait. But now it's the other corner. Wait. You're listening to Brains On. I'm Molly Bloom, and my co-host today is Ayan from Chicago, Illinois. Hi, Ayan. Hi, Molly. And there's that noise again. Oh, there's the source. It's a mosquito. Oh, nice work, Ayan. Okay, I'll just swat this thing and get on with the show. Wait, don't slap. What the what? A talking mosquito? Hey, when you hang around a recording studio long enough, you pick up a few things. Huh. I'm a huge fan of podcasts. I've been trying to work my way in here for days. Welcome, I guess. And hey, as long as you're here, maybe you could help us answer this question that was sent in from Provo, Utah. Hello, I am Colin. My question is, how do mosquitoes suck out your blood? Great question, Colin. Um, that's usually my line. Well, take a look at these mouth parts here. You'll have to describe them. This is a podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm a mosquito, and I'm here to show you my mouth parts. Tell, don't show. Oh, yeah. There are six different needle-looking structures here that help me get my blood meal. These two, these ones that look like little saws, they're for piercing your skin. And these two, these ones hold the skin open so that I can stick this other needle into one of your blood vessels. That's the one that sucks up the blood. And then this last one injects some of my saliva into your blood. Ew. Why? That's just... That's just gross. It's not gross. It's useful. My spit does all sorts of amazing things to your blood chemistry. It keeps your blood from clotting and also opens your blood vessels wider. This helps me eat faster so I can get out there before you, (coughs) um, squish me. I see. Well, here's a thought. How about maybe just not biting us? Your chances of getting squished would go way down. 
Yeah, about that. See, I kind of need the blood, actually. Only female mosquitoes bite because we need the protein and blood to make eggs and eventually little baby mosquitoes. They're so cute. They kind of look like little spiky dandelions. Sounds adorable. You know, no one has ever taken the time to chat with me. Thank you so much, Molly, for having me here today. Well, this actually worked out really well. High five, mosquito. Oops. Wow. So apparently, mosquitoes bite us with mouth parts that are almost like a six-part Swiss Army knife. So, Ayan, do you get mosquito bites? Uh, I get lots of mosquito bites, especially in the summer when I'm playing with my friends outside, like soccer, baseball. Even when we're just like, running, the mosquitoes, they just bite us and bite us, and it's really annoying. <laughs> it itches a lot. So do you have any tips for, like, how to make them stop itching? I would recommend using bug spray. Um, it just really works really well. Good advice. And what about once you get that mosquito bite, how do you make it stop itching? Or does it just itch and itch and itch? It just itches and itches and itches, and you have to wait for it to go down before, like, the bite actually goes away. Yeah, that can take a while. That brings us to something that you wondered about, Ayan. Why do mosquito bites swell up and itch? Now that our mosquito guest is um, no longer with us, we have a human mosquito expert who's agreed to help us. My name is Lyric Bartholomew. She's a medical entomologist from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Remember that saliva we heard about earlier? That's the key to the itch. There's actually a whole series of different proteins inside mosquito spit. The proteins in the saliva are causing your immune system to just go wild. Your body's recognizing that there's something there that wasn't supposed to be there. So your immune system responds and you get an inflammatory response, which is that familiar itchy swelling redness. She doesn't really mean to do it, <laughs> but, but you get a, an itchy bite left behind. And next comes scratching. Another very popular topic for questions. Hi, my name is Chloe. I live in Coeur Idaho. My question is, why does scratching an itch make you satisfied? I started thinking about this one day because I, I had an itch. So I started scratching it. It felt really good, but then I had to scratch it again to make it feel satisfied. The thing is, scratching mosquito bites feels so good. But then, your itchiness usually comes back to you. So, what gives? Well, you feel itching and scratching with cells in your skin called neurons. Neurons sense what's going on in your skin, and they tell your brain about it. But the neurons that feel itching are different from the neurons that feel the scratching. So there's a cycle of itching and scratching. It's almost like a dramatic phone call between two kinds of neurons. So Nally Molly told us about it. She studies itch at UC Berkeley. Yeah, so your itch neurons can tell that there is a mosquito and that there is some chemical that the mosquitoes put into your skin. Ah! I'm an itch neuron, and I feel an itch, and I've got to get that to the brain. Ah, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. Hi, itch neuron. What do you need? <laughs> and I tell your brain, you're going to experience an itchiness in this spot right here. Um, say it's on your arm. Brain, it's your arm. There's an itch. You've got to scratch it. Okay, you got it. I'll move the fingers and start scratching. Do we need to keep talking? Yes, stay on the line. It's still itchy. Oh, it's still itchy. So another set of neurons 
that respond to scratching, and these are pain neurons, will get activated, and they'll start out-competing the itch signal to your brain, and so you don't really feel the itchiness at that moment. Uh, scratching? I'm a pain neuron, and I feel that scratch as pain. Brain, pick up my call. Sorry, itch. Another call is coming in. Hi. Listen. Hey, neuron. Your arm is in pain. Huh. So we're kind of going from itch to ouch. Okay. Uh, brain, I still have itch messages. Hello? Hello? Why would you choose pain over an itch? Itch is also a really unpleasant sensation, just as we think pain is an unpleasant sensation. And so by stopping the itch, your brain is feeling really rewarded because when you're already feeling itch, that pain actually feels good. Compared to that terrible itch, the pain of scratching is a dream. Hear that itch? Brain likes me better than you. But the chemical or whatever is making you itchy isn't actually going away. And after a while, the pain sensation will stop overriding the itch sensation and you'll continue to experience the itch. Like it or not, that's when I come back, baby! Uh, Here we go again. While scratching feels good temporarily, in the end, it can actually make things much worse. Scratching irritates your skin and your nails turn a bug bite into a wound. Don't do that. But also something else that sometimes um, makes itch feel better is some kind of like hot or cold um, applied to that area. That's because there are other neurons that sense temperature besides pain and itch neurons. So if you rub an ice cube on an itchy bug bite, a temperature neuron will tell me about coldness and I won't have to hear about itch or pain. Please try that instead of scratching. Eventually, your immune system will get rid of all the itchy proteins in a mosquito bite and your itch will go away. In the meantime, try not to scratch. Brains, brains, brains. Here's something even better than scratching an itch. It's the... Here it is. What are your thoughts? Well, personally, I think it's like a video game, like Space Invaders, maybe. Hmm. Kind of sounds like lasery. Yeah, like an arcade, maybe. Good thinking. We'll hear it again and give you another chance to guess a little bit later in the show. Alrighty. We've got an episode all about teeth coming up. And we want to hear from you. If you were the tooth fairy, what would you leave for kids who have lost teeth and why? So, Ayan, what would you leave as a present for lost teeth? I'll probably give them cookies or something because <laughs> sometimes, you know, they're really good. Um, so I would probably choose cookies. Would you put the cookie under the pillow or would that get too messy? I feel like it would be too messy. I would only put it under the pillow if, like, they're in, like, a Ziploc. Hmm. But even then, they might get, like, like I don't know, kind of like, they might, like, crack or something. Mm-hmm. So if they have, like, a nightstand or something, I would put them there with a little, like, letter that says, From the Tooth Fairy. I love that idea. Well, listeners, send us your answers, too, at brainson.org slash contact. 
And while you're there, you can send us your mystery sounds, drawings, and questions. Like this one. Hi, my name is Graham. My question is, what is a solar flare? We'll answer that question during our moment of um, and we'll read the latest group of listeners to be added to the Brain's Honor Roll all at the end of the show. So keep listening. You're listening to Brains On for American Public Media. I'm Molly. I'm Ion. I'm Mark. And I'm Sandin. And we are the, the Hoax Hunters. Hunters. Yeah. Can I get some music? We like myths, but we hate getting tricks. Yeah. We like myths, but we hate getting tricked. Yeah. Right. We like myths, but we hate getting tricked. Because we love myths and we hate getting tricked. A hoax is when somebody tricks you into believing something that isn't true. Today's hoax is all about a fart. And it all started in December 2019, when various papers reported about a man from Uganda whose farts were so powerful, they killed mosquitoes. The British paper The Sun published an article all about the man Joe Ramirama, reporting that bug spray companies hired him to study his glorious gas. According to the article, his farts were so strong, they covered a six-mile radius. Now that is one tremendous two. Maybe two tremendous. You're right to be suspicious. Turns out his farts weren't the only thing that smelled funny. The article was completely made up. The original article came from a satirical news website. That is to say, it was all a joke. But other outlets didn't catch that part, so they thought it was real. And they retold the story without any fact-checking. Big mistake! Huge! And before you knew it, the story had spread like a fart next to a fan. Everyone This isn't the first bogus story about bug repellents. Turns out there's a lot of bad information out there. Yeah, like rub a dryer sheet on your arms, eat garlic, or pour mouthwash all over your porch. But those claims don't have much scientific evidence to back them up. However, there are lots of insect repellents that are backed by research and testing. Yeah! Chris Potter has done a lot of research himself. He's a professor of neuroscience at Johns Hopkins University. If you go to the drugstore, the most commonly used one is called DEET. It stands for N-N-diethyl-3-methylamide, but that's quite a mouthful, so it's just been abbreviated as DEET. Um, That's like the gold standard for insect repellents. Chris says DEET works in a couple different ways. First, it changes the way you smell to a mosquito. So when you put DEET on your skin, it prevents other odors on your skin from being volatized, meaning they don't come off your skin as they would normally do. And so what that does is it kind of keeps your odors to yourself. So you know the first thing that DEET can do is it essentially changes the way you smell and you just don't smell like a human anymore. So when a mosquito is trying to find you, it just can't. The second thing that DEET can do is that it can activate neurons on the antenna, which is essentially like the nose of the mosquito. And when it activates these neurons on the mosquito's nose, it smells bad to the mosquito. Smell you later, skeeters. Ah. And the third thing that DEET can do is that um, when an insect, like a mosquito, lands on your skin, there are 
neurons in its feet. And so when they land on us, they can actually use this for tasting. So they're essentially tasting us when they land on us. And if you have DEET on your skin, this tastes really bad to a mosquito. So as soon as it lands on your skin and it tastes, touches DEET, it tastes bad and it'll jump away. Ta-DEET! But I'm going to be honest, these mosquitoes aren't really bothering me. What? Uh, I'm itching like crazy over here. <laughs> Why is it that Mark is fine and dandy, but I'm out here getting eaten alive? Um, everybody smells good to a mosquito, but some people smell better than others. And so the odor we give off, it's a very complex odor, uh, like a bouquet, I guess. You know, there's bacteria and other things that are on your skin that take your odors, take your chemicals and turn it into odors. And so it's a combination of all those things that make you smell the way you do. Some people are giving off certain chemicals that allow them to smell better to mosquitoes. Other people actually have some chemicals on their skin that don't smell quite as nice to a mosquito. I guess I lucked out with these genius genes. Shout out to mom and dad. Well, what? One thing to realize is that sometimes what happens is that people just don't react, react to the mosquito bites. And so, you know, they might just be just as attractive to mosquitoes and being bitten by mosquitoes, but they just don't realize it because they just don't react to the bites. Well, even if I get all bit up, at least mosquitoes appreciate my smell. There's notes of buttered popcorn, time machine dust, and just a hint of vanilla. Hmm, that's not bad. Thanks, Chris, for helping out. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coughing. That's all for Hoax Hunters today. Remember to check your sources, folks. And always look for evidence that backs up a big claim or a lofty headline. Because you definitely don't want to get hoaxed. Hoax Hunters, out! Okay, Ayan, we still need your ears to point to the true identity of this mystery sound. Let's hear it again. The last time you were thinking something video game related, do you have, like, any new thoughts? Maybe like laser tag. Oh, you play laser tag? Well, with my friends and for birthday parties, you play laser tag lots of times. I've played it a lot, so. Can you describe what laser tag is for someone who might not know? Okay. Um, so for laser tag, you pretty much have these vests, kind of with like like sensors on them. And pretty much you have like a like kind of like like a like a laser gun, I would say. Mm-hmm. And it shoots like a like a red light. Mm-hmm. And if you hit the sensor, they're out, and they have to go to like a recharging station, so they can get back in. And like when you get hit, and you it makes a noise, kind of like the one like I just showed in the mystery sound. You ready to hear the answer? Yes. Here it is. My name is Brazen from Seattle, Washington. That was the sound of me dropping a rock into a six-inch diameter steel pipe. That is an abandoned well on our rural property in Bremerton, Washington. We think the old well is 250 feet deep. My dad is so excited that there is water at the bottom. That is oddly specific, but okay. Yes, that is very specific. (laughs) But yeah, that sort of laser-like noise is the sound of the rock echoing down. Like going down the pipe. Exactly. And it's really deep in the ground, so it just kind of keeps going and going and going. And then it lands in the water at the bottom. Mosquitoes are tiny creatures, but they have a big impact on humans. Here's Lyric Bartholomew again. The mosquito that transmits malaria parasites in Africa is 
the most dangerous animal on the planet by any measure because of the number of people that die after having been bitten by those mosquitoes. So that brings us to this question from Brian. My question is, do mosquitoes have a purpose to be on the earth? They go around annoying everybody. They suck your blood. So what are they meant for? Lyric says that even though mosquitoes are a nuisance and potentially dangerous, they play an important role in the ecosystem. The environment benefits from mosquitoes being there because mosquitoes feed all kinds of animals. You can find mosquitoes, lots of mosquitoes in the bellies of ducks and frogs and all kinds of different animals. And so they're a really essential part of the food chain in places where we do a really good job of controlling mosquitoes and just take all of them out of the environment, it can have an impact on things like bird reproduction. So a bird lays an egg and she needs proper nourishment in order to lay healthy eggs too. And so if she doesn't have all the mosquitoes to feed on, she might have sort of brittle eggshells. Now I've told you that, but there's more than 3,000 kinds of mosquito. For example, in the state of Iowa with 55 different kinds of mosquitoes that we see, maybe about Five of them are important in terms of disease transmission. Lyric says that instead of getting rid of all mosquitoes, scientists are working on ways to control the small number of mosquito species that do spread disease and pathogens. Yeah, there are all kinds of really beautiful and creative ways that people are coming up with. One strategy involves infecting mosquitoes with a bacteria called Wabakia. This bacteria is a natural one already living in some mosquitoes, just like all the bacteria we have living in our guts. What we've learned is that mosquitoes that are infected with Wolbachia are also not readily infected with other things. So it's a really powerful potential tool. So mosquitoes with this Wolbachia shouldn't be able to pick up and spread other diseases, making them a pest, but not deadly. Sure, they're dangerous animals, but I think we should appreciate how important they are. How can we appreciate the mosquitoes and understand their diversity and how they fit in an ecosystem, but also try and control the really dangerous ones for the benefit of people's health. Female mosquitoes use six different mouth parts to bite you. It's the mosquito spit that makes your bug bite itch. Scratching a bug bite feels good because it gives your brain a break from an itch. But try not to scratch. The itch will stop when your immune system cleans up all of the mosquito spit. All humans smell good to mosquitoes unless we wear repellents like DEET. Then they can't smell us at all. Some mosquitoes spread dangerous diseases, but others make great snacks for birds and spiders. That's it for this episode of Brains On. Brains On is produced by Manika Wilhelm, Sandin Totten, Mark Sanchez, and Molly Bloom. We had production help from Kunsang Dorji, Ruby Guthrie, and Christina Lopez, and engineering help from Veronica Rodriguez, Eric Romani, and Sean Ballman. Special thanks to Jennifer and Josh Elman, Christina Lopez, Rosie DuPont, and John Scleroff. Brains On is a nonprofit public radio program. You can support the show at brainson.org slash fans. There you can find links to donate or join our free fan club or check out our Brains On merch. We now have Brains On shirts, baseball hats, and face masks. And you can buy the Brains On book there too. That's brainson.org slash fans. And now before we go, it's time for the moment of um... 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 um, 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 um what is a solar flare? 
Here with the answer is Dr. Nicola Fox. She's the director of NASA's heliophysics division. Heliophysics is the science of understanding the sun. Oh, solar flares are wonderful. So they're some of the most beautiful things that you see happening on our sun's surface. So if you look at the sun um, in visible light, obviously you don't look at the sun directly, but if you use a filter or you look at images on the web and you look at a sun in visible light, you'll see it's kind of a uniform sphere, but it may have a few little dark splotches on the sun and they are sunspots. And they are actually um, associated with very intense active regions on the sun. From time to time, these active regions get sort of so much energy kind of pent up inside that active region that they have to explode and sort of release the energy out um, away from the active region um, so that it's, it's, it's just like this big explosion of, of light and heat and, and also radiation that comes out with it. And they can actually um, interfere with us here at Earth. They can interact with our Earth's magnetic field and they can cause very big space weather events here at Earth. Um, things like beautiful aurora that you can see in the sky, also issues with power grids, problems with spacecraft, with GPS navigation. And so that's one of the reasons that we really, really want to understand our star so well, so that we can predict space weather and we can uh, better protect life and society here on Earth. Um, um, um... Here's a list of names that shines as bright as the sun. It's the Brain's Honor Roll. These are the incredible listeners who share their questions, ideas, mystery sounds, drawings, and high fives with us. Vivian, Anna, and Elizabeth from Anchorage, Alaska. Graham from Memphis, Tennessee. Annabelle and Lara from London, England. Nathan from Manuka, Illinois. Jacob from Falls Church, Virginia. Back from San Francisco. Chimeri from Newcastle, Australia. Carter from Sherwood Park, Alberta. Emma from Chappaqua, New York. Elliot from Lloydminster, Saskatchewan. Akiva Anayal from Teaneck, New Jersey. Gavin from Silver Spring, Maryland. Annabelle from Overland Park, Kansas. Adrian and Errol from College Station, Texas. Ava from Pleasant Hill, California. Trent and Ella from San Francisco. Davis from Lawrence, Kansas. Jake Jacob from Evanston, Illinois, Isla from Kelowna, British Columbia, Maddie from Pittsburgh, Leah from Stuttgart, Germany, Hunter and Brenton from Schenectady, New York, Daphne from Arlington, Virginia, Lavanna from New York City, Alden from Pullman, Washington, Jack and Lily from Mountain Lakes, New Jersey, Camille from Basking Ridge, New Jersey, Henry from Blacksburg, Virginia, Hazel and Frankie from Seattle, Summer and Ricky from San Carlos, California, Siaki from San Diego, Sophia from Abu Dhabi, Lily from Nairobi, Eleni and Isaac from Carmel Valley, California, Abby from Hamilton, Canada, Hannah from Massachusetts, Will from Kalispell, Montana, Madison from Fort Wayne, Indiana, Karam and Geffen from New York City, Rin from Alabama, Leo from Ithaca, New York, Layla and Sam from Hollywood, Florida, Roz from Portland, Oregon, Miles from Glendale, California, Mia, Troy, and Rosie from Warwick, New York, Eliana from Roseville, Minnesota, Stephen, Kevin, and Sean from Reading, Massachusetts, Rio and Avalon from Ladera Ranch, California, Olivia from Orem, Utah, Insia from San Jose, California, Connor from San Francisco, Saseni from Atlanta, Luna from Charlottesville, Virginia, Clara from Grand Ledge, Michigan, Michigan, Alexander from Princeton, New Jersey, Hank and Essie from Richmond, Virginia, Liam from Raleigh, North Carolina, Eddie and Elta from Liechtenstein, Philip from White City, Saskatchewan, Vander from Sarasota, Florida, Julia from Englewood Cliffs, New Jersey, Adam and Bryce from Massachusetts, Miles from Bonnie Dune, California, Thomas and Elizabeth from Noakesville, Virginia, Kieran from Bowmanville, Ontario, Lyndon from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, Hannah from Mississauga, Ontario, Adeline and Nora from Carpentersville, Illinois, Owen from Portland, Oregon, Jules from Grass Valley, California, and Zeke and Mabel from Portland, Oregon.
We'll be back soon with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.